0: This is Financially Tuned with Daniel Wendell from Dolphin Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Daniel provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here's Daniel to help you find out how to be financially tuned.
1: Hello and welcome to another show of Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group right here in sunny Clearwater. Good morning to you listeners and welcome to Tony who's sitting here With me, my trusty co-host, Tony Shore. Today's topic, Tony, and to you listeners out there, is saving your retirement. In other words, does your retirement need saving? Is it on a lifeline? I'm going to talk about the crisis that we're facing in our country, and we're going to start with the first biggest crisis that I know about, and that's Tony. Tony, how are you doing? How's your retirement? Does it need saving? And what's new with you?
0: It might. I mean, obviously uh, my retirement hasn't begun yet, but saving for retirement and my retirement savings, you know, that your retirement really begins when you start saving for retirement uh, as far as uh, how well it's going to go. You know that long before you're retired, right? You should know how well it's going to go because uh, have you planned? Have you saved? Are you working with Dan Wendell? Those are the questions that people need to ask themselves. Um, You know, uh, I think my retirement is okay. Not great uh, right now as far as savings. I wish I worked, you know, I wish my company had a pension like back in the day when all my friends were working for 3M or one of these big manufacturers or big corporations that gave them pensions. So they never had to worry about it. You stayed at one company your entire working career and you retired with a pension. No worries, right?
1: That's right. Right. You know, what is, what's the big, you, you're from Minnesota, right? The, Minnesota. What's the big company out there that was the was powder milk biscuits. Was that? Oh the, yeah. Uh... Well,
0: we have a few big companies, uh, <laughs> in Minnesota. I mean, it's target headquarters. Uh, Anderson window company is one of the big, um, employers that had an amazing, uh, pension package and everybody who worked there is doing really well in retirement. 3M is the big one though. Uh, that's the biggest that's been around the longest. Um, and 3M people out there might not know Scotch tape. Uh, Post-it notes those are all 3M products. Anytime you, you you have anything that can be stuck on a wall, any type of tape uh, or adhesive it was probably manufactured by 3M. So yeah I mean everything from recording tape that recording studios use and cassette tapes to um, you know to scotch tape that's 3M.
1: Isn't Lando Lakes headquartered there? Lando Lakes uh, is headquartered Didn't they make here? butter? Is that what they do? They, they make do? butter and
0: and dairy products. <laughs> that's
1: right. And then you know, so those they, I'm sure all those old, you know, I mean old, I mean retired already. Oh yeah. People had uh, had pensions and yep. and had their retirement set. How about like you know down here in Florida, as you know, the big company we see all the time from Minnesota that's advertised on TV is My Pillow. You think those My Pillow people stuffing those uh, patented foam? pillows have a pension plan? Uh.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. If, if you know what I know about the owner of my pillow, yeah, they don't have a pension plan. <laughs> They're lucky to pay rent probably, but uh, but that guy is very wealthy. A uh, hundred bucks a pillow and it's just uh, recycled foam chunks that he throws in there. So uh, I, I get a kick out of that one. Um, uh, that said, I have one. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I thought isn't that isn't that part of the you know any any person that was born in Minnesota gets a free my pillow no oh, matter where they are in the world There's
0: nothing free about my pillow. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh yeah, we have a lot of big companies, General Mills, a lot of the big cereal and uh flour companies are based here of course. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, you, they all used to provide pensions, but even the big companies that used to don't anymore.
1: Yeah, my my uh, my mother and father both have pensions. Uh, my dad works or used to work for the New York State teachers, um, so he has a pension through the state. My mom worked for the IRS, so she has the pension from the government, but they're a rare breed, you know. Um, you don't have that much anymore unless you're a government worker. Pensions really don't, you don't see them. My wife Worked for Pepsi and she got a pension. So she, but they stopped doing the pension while she was working there. So that was, I think they did away with the pension at the turn of uh, the millennia there with 2000, 2001 or something like that. I remember getting the letters from, from Pepsi saying, Hey, you know, we're stopping the pension. We're going to go to the 401k route, which is what most people did. Most companies, I should say. So you're right. Pensions are gone. Yeah. But, you know, when you say, even when you say the word pension, if you're not in the government and you say the word pension, people think, you know, they think of like old, you know, Laurel and Hardy movie or something, you know, like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's something (laughs) from the ancient days. It's like, uh, are we in the sixties?
1: Right. Why are we
0: talking about pensions? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of big companies had them up until you know, not that long ago. I mean, a lot of yeah, them the started 80s. stopping them. It started going downhill in the eighties, but it really peaked just here in the early two thousands where pretty much everybody is done with pensions.
1: Yeah. So I think what we're seeing as a result of that, the move was to 401ks. I, what we're seeing is there's a retirement crisis now. I mean, there's no way of putting it nicely. It's a crisis. And oh
0: yeah. It's, it's a big problem.
1: There's a lot of reasons why we have a crisis, and I'm and I'm going to talk today about well, what are you going to do about it? What's going to happen? I mean, how are we going to how are we going to solve it? And that's that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, when I say retirement crisis, it's a national thing. Um, other countries experience the same thing. USA, I still think is the best country in the world, and so how we go, the rest of the world goes. In a sense, we can learn from other countries, but. Our retirement crisis is is not unique to our country, but it's it's unique to the changing demographics and the changing and the decisions we made as a country, especially as in regards to this pension and four hundred one k program, which I think is is coming home to roost. I think people are starting to feel it now, like this year and, and going forward is where it's going to start really hitting home. And and there's a there's a major reason for that, but you don't have a pension, right, Tony? No, no. I don't have a pension. No.
0: Dan, uh, Dan, perhaps you've forgotten, but I work in radio. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no pension. You're we'll lucky to about, get that. Uh, you're lucky to get that paycheck. In, talk in, about in, old school, right? You're you know, right.
1: pensions, radio, yeah. and pensions. I mean, at least radio's still around. That's pensions, true. Yeah, pensions aren't.
0: Yeah unless you work for the government and some governments still have good pensions, but even there, even there, I've seen some States uh, either can't, uh, don't have the ability to cover the pensions or they're going away from them. So,
1: yeah, well, you look at um, California is facing a pension crisis. All the States are Mm -hmm. it's, it's so even those with the pensions are struggling. So what's the problem here? I mean, really what, what, why are we in a retirement crisis? and, and what are we going to do about it? I think it's clear we are. And, and I'll tell you why we are. It's because people are living longer. And there's just not enough money to go around. You, you think about what a pension was supposed to be. It was supposed to cover you. And it still does. Like My, my father's pension from the New York State teachers, or the, I guess it's from the state. Um, and he was a teacher for 30-something years, public school he uh his pension's gonna stop when he stops, so if he lives to 110, New York state's on the hook for payments right yeah, so yeah. so people are living a lot longer than they expected. Have you seen Tony these um, these articles about these pension highlights like um I know they did it in New York, I think they did it in uh, Washington state, where they highlight public data on how much people are getting paid. And they show that like sanitation worker from New York city. He who's like 78 years old getting $470,000 a year in pension. Oh, uh, because he was, he, he just worked the system over his years. He put into it all his life and the way the system was set up, he just benefits from it. Right. And so they highlight these things. I think there was a guy in Washington, his pension is like one or eight hundred thousand. <laughs> That's awesome. because a year, you know, he's a retired. I forget what he was in the education system. Of hey, some I, sort.
0: I think I could live on that in retirement.
1: Oh no, I think he was a he was a doctor, or he was the head of a, some health organization for the state. Oh sure. And he was getting paid like one point seven million a year for the last three years of his career. So they take a formula based on the number of years you work times. The last three years' salary average, and it comes out like eight hundred thousand. He's getting, which is a ridiculous. Yeah, you know, he's retired, and he's that's probably going to be for life. He's probably only like fifty eight, you know, sixty five, and he's yeah. got another thirty years of that. You know, so and and who's on the hook for that? The rest of the workers and the and the state and yep. and the, and a lot of times with the federal government. So that's the big problem. People that are in the pensions are living longer people that aren't into the pensions that don't have a pension are living longer too. And so what are they doing? 90 year old, 85 year old, um, who thought my life expectancy was supposed to be 78. And here I am at 98. Uh, they're in a, they're on Medicaid, which is a state run program. They're in a nursing home. Who's paying for it. They don't have the money. Who's paying for it. Everyone else. Yeah. You know, So that's what's causing this retirement crisis. I'm not trying to blame these people, the victims, you know, because we're all we're all paying for it. But I'm not trying to blame them. But there's just been a lack of financial literacy. So people didn't really plan for this. And so the people who got it right and did plan for it are doing okay, but they're still suffering anyway because the government bills are going up from Medicaid and so forth or the or the pension bailout fund, which is federal that's paid by the U.S. tax dollars. So, you know, there's always, you know, you, you could do everything right and still suffer because other people aren't doing things right. And so where do you point the blame? Do you want to point blame? The better question is, what do we do about it?
0: Well, yeah, what do we do about it? I think, you know, and I, a little bit of it at least has to do with, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, but it has to do with, I think, in a way, company greed. And I could be wrong, and it's not in every case with every company, but you know you see the you see the bonuses and the salaries of the executive staff and then they say and that increases every year bonuses increase every year but yet they say at the same time yeah i get an extra you know 5 million dollar bonus this year last year it was only 2 uh oh and we can't afford to pay pensions or right. or we're not right. going to do as much of a match this year because of our profits we want to help our stockholders. So I mean there's so many aspects to why it's happening. Um and you can't I don't want to blanket I'm not being anti uh corporation or trying to be um you know, you don't want to get in it's not about um it's not about rich versus the poor or anything like that. It's just a situation that has grown into this problem, but it's a huge problem because so many people with four oh one Ks aren't Uh, either they're not contributing enough or they don't have enough to contribute or their company might not offer it or they're self-employed and then when they get to retirement or they're trying to pay off their kids student loans and with the money they've been saving for retirement
1: yeah you're right it's just it's systemic systemic is the word we're looking for. yeah exactly and but um and there is some blame on the corporation side oh yeah i mean the pensions were were designed poorly unrealistic projections yeah unrealistic life expectancies and or just incorrect projections and in life expectancies and so they struggled and they were glad to pass the buck to the employer oh employee, yeah oh yeah with the 401k yeah yeah you know and, but the employer is still giving a match and but you'd be surprised tony how many people aren't even taking advantage of the match now whose fault is that
0: well yeah that's and that comes down to education like You know, is somebody like you, Dan, are they listening to a show like this or listening to somebody who is in the know like yourself telling them, hey, you've got to be doing this. If your company offers a match, you have to take advantage of it. And based on what you make and your budget, you have to put this much of your income into your 401k each year if you want to retire and leave it there and can't use it for student loans or, you know, other things or a new car. You know, you you know, it takes discipline and education. And you can't necessarily just blame the individual because uh, they don't have somebody sitting there telling them these things. And I mean, some people figure it out on their own. But at the same time, when you're young or even in your 30s or 40s, you're thinking about family, house, car, you're not thinking about retirement. And uh, can we place all the blame on the individual? I mean, ultimately now it is their own responsibility. But uh, I think, and you know, a lot of people shy away from government mandates, but we just, you know, uh, I don't know what the answer is, Dan. Do you, I mean, you probably have an idea, but do we say everybody has to put away X amount of their, in, a certain percentage of their income for their retirement or what?
1: Well, you opened that Pandora's box, didn't you? You threw it out. <laughs> you know sure you're going to get me riled up. <laughs> the government, is the government the answer?
0: Well, usually they're not. I I know a lot of people out there think you don't want the government to have to mandate. I mean, look at how well the health care insurance mandate went over. (laughs) Obamacare, (laughs) people hated
1: that. Would you be surprised if I told you there is a government program designed for this very purpose that we're talking about?
0: Is it Medicaid or (laughs) Social Security? Social Security, yeah, well. You know, you
1: think about that. How, How well do people like that? That's forced. You know, that comes out of your paycheck. You have no choice, right? Right. And um, the, gov- the employer pays the other half. Yep. Self-employed pays both. That's 15% of your income yeah. for self-employed going to this government program, which is supposed to be. Th- so it works for people, right? It is working. People rely on it. Maybe too much.
0: Yeah. I mean, what if we didn't have that? Do you think we're in a crisis now? There you go. I mean, so there
1: is, there is some value to saying, well, what can the government do? I want to talk about that later in the show because I, there's a couple of programs that are out there. There's some new stuff out there. There's some stuff that just got canned, which is interesting, that was supposed to be the answer to this. Yep. But I think the bigger, but I, I'm going to challenge you on this, Tony. We, we could we, we play good cop, bad cop here. I like to blame the individual because it's really up to us to rely on the government. I don't like it. I help people all the time claim Social Security. What's the best way to do it? I help people, you know, when it comes to pension, which way is the best for me. But the bottom line is why aren't, why don't we don't have enough savings? We can agree that people do not have enough savings. And the question is why is because there's no education. I think that's part of it. You hit that on the head with the people just don't know, but ignorance is no excuse here, Tony, just because you, you know, if I, I think a lot of people do know, Hey, the company will match, you know, 5% of your salary and they still don't do it. Why not? That's a bigger problem. And it's something we've talked about in the past shows, which is, there's just a lack of delayed gratification. People, people don't like delayed gratification in this country. Oh, no. They like to live above their means.
0: Uh, we all do, don't we? I mean, right. I'm not hey. saying we all live above our means, but we all like to, and most people do, right? That's what the statistics show.
1: It certainly does. And that's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen, and it's not going to happen r- immediately because when you're driving the new car or you're looking at the new TV... By the way, I broke another TV. I didn't break it. My kids. Wait, I, it's wait, crazy.
0: Wait, stop. Don't bury the lead here. Uh, that's <laughs> the most exciting thing I've heard all day. I mean, obviously, we have this huge, important crisis. Uh, people aren't going to be able to afford retirement. It could send the whole world economy into debt. But I'm more concerned about your television, Dan. I, I, I What happened exactly?
1: You know, I have one TV in my house for my whole life. And I got some kids, as you know, so that that adds a little bit of yep. trouble. Well, you wait, you don't just TV. have
0: kids; you have three boys, right?
1: I do, I do. Okay, so that's and, uh,
0: and they're all what ages?
1: Uh, the oldest is eleven, and huh? the twins are, are just turned <laughs> uh, eight. Two so eight-year-old.
0: You have eight-year-old twin boys and an eleven-year-old boy. How do you? This is why This is why we can't have nice things.
1: <laughs> well, I only have one TV. I had two. It, I only got, I got to recently uh-huh. because I just couldn't take it. They wanted to play their games on the TV, and we just wanted to watch the news or weather or something. Right. So I was like, "All right, I'm I'm biting the bullet. I'm buying them a TV." And so I gave them my old favorite, and then they broke it. My plasma <laughs> TV. A, a Wii remote went through the screen, literally. One of my twins was oh, playing baseball. Yeah. Got a little rambunctious and made a swing. He hit a home run. The uh, we didn't get a chance run. to see right. it because the plasma. Stream. But I know the guy Joe down the street on US 19 who fixes TV. It's which is he's been doing it for so long his his signs is Joe's TV and VCR repair.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I,
1: so him and I are on first name basis now because I've been bringing this TV <laughs> in to get a fix. And then anytime someone else breaks a TV, I'm like, oh, let me take it for you. I'll fix it. And I take it over to Joe. So anyway, um. This idea. Of, where was I going with this? You gotta live above your means, right? So I only have one TV, and I'm realizing I want another TV. But I was just look at the prices; they're so cheap now, right?
0: Oh, it's remember amazing. it used to be. Yeah. Oh, you got
1: the flat screen TV? You must be rich. Now I looked. I went to Walmart the other day, and I saw I can get a 37 inch flat screen TV for 80 bucks. Yeah, I'm like,
0: what? You can get a 55 inch for like you know, 500 bucks. It's like, are you kidding me?
1: Right. So, but so, so we can't use that as people have these fancy TVs anymore because they're cheap. So now, what do we, people have fancy cars, maybe we'll say, or boats or something like that. And they're, and they're living above their means by buying the latest things, mm-hmm. clothing. Yep. Um, and they're, and it, you don't notice that your retirement is shot at that time because you're driving in your nice car with a nice air conditioning. Like when I, when I drove, I was up in New York recently and I drove in my dad's car. He had the heated seats, which, you know, we don't have those in Florida. I mean, we do, we just don't use them. And, um, he had, he had a nice, uh, what do you call it? Um, the, the, the map on the screen and, and my phone Bluetoothed in and I was able to drive wireless and it was just great. Like my Oh six, which used to be new and great, uh, doesn't have that. So I'm like, Oh man, I want this, but I'm saying you don't realize that when you do that, you're, you're, you're missing out on your, um, retirement. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you're not delaying your gratification instantly because how long before you get tired of that car, you know, yep. how long before that new, um, that new flat screen is, is either broken by your son or is, is just, you don't really care anymore. The Wii you know?
0: remote, the Wii remotes come with straps to hold them on your wrist for that very purpose.
1: I know. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? There it is. There's a classic case of not following the, the rules and, and paying the price. I love it. Oh, so, the poor so, plasma. So that's the real reason why we're in this situation is because there's lack of delayed gratification. People just, you know, you, you got those, um, the government passed uh, the new tax laws or whatever, and they lowered the tax breaks for the corporations. And then you saw a list of all those companies that are, are going to pass on a bonus to their employer. That was the big, oh, look at this, it's working. They're passing it on to the employees. What do you think those employees did with that money? How much of those people do you think threw it right into savings? 0%,
0: you know? Zero percent. <laughs>
1: 0. 000 0.0000001%. Right, one out of 1,000 people probably took that money and saved it. Maybe. They most likely paid off a debt for something they paid for four years ago that they still, you know.
0: Yeah, if they were it, smart, they used it to pay down that debt. That's the first right. thing they should have done with it.
1: Depending on how much the debt is. But yeah. those that don't have debt, they should so have But maybe a new savings. flat
0: screen for the kids.
1: They probably bought a new flat screen for the kids, right? That's most likely the scenario that would happen. Yeah. Give me $1,000 right now. I'd probably buy a new flat screen for the family. Give the kids the old one. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. you know? yeah. <laughs> You're
0: gonna, you got to go bigger uh, for your <laughs> own and then uh, get a bigger one for you and then pass the one you had on to the kids. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I, I think... So getting back to your original thought, which was, you know, corporations are greedy and so forth. I see that, you know, the 401k system isn't designed to benefit the employee. It gives them more freedom. But at the same time, it gets the company off the hook with the pension. But at the same time, I think individuals are to blame because they're just they're spending foolishly.
0: It's true. We do. You know Uh, that. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, there's there's points to be made on both sides for sure. But hey, before we get into that and uh, some of the details of this and how we might avoid this crisis, uh, we do need to take a quick break here, Dan. Is there anything you want to add for our listeners before we do?
1: Yes, you're listening to the Dolphin Financial Radio. I'm Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group right on US19. If you want to know the name of the the TV repair guy I'm pretty in good with. Give me a call. I'll put you in touch with them. (laughs) Or if you want to talk about your retirement plans and whether or not they're on track, if you have enough, what you could do to save your retirement plan. When we get back, we're going to talk about some solutions from the government based on Tony's suggestion. I think we should explore that. I think it's a great idea to talk about. We'll also talk about some of the things you could do yourself. But if you want to have a private conversation, talk about your retirement, make sure it's on track or get it on track if it's off. Or maybe you just don't even know give me a call. We'll sit down. I'll review it for no cost, give you my opinion, and then we can decide if we want to work together. I am a fiduciary. I do act in people's best interest. We're located right off of US-19 in Clearwater, and the number to give us a call, which is the easiest way to get in touch with us, is 888-508-5935, or you can go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and read about us online and connect with us online. Again, that number, 888-508-5935.
0: All right, and we're going to be right back with more of our amazing host, Dan Wendell, here on Dolphin Financial Radio right after this.
1: Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your retirement toolkit from Dolphin Financial Group right now by going to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or by calling us at 888-508-5935. And now back to Financially Tuned with Dan Wendell.
0: And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And our host, the man with the plan, Dan Wendell, is here. Uh, Dan, great show so far, Uh, really uh, an interesting topic, a scary one, and and you're not using scare tactics. We're just being realistic about the problem we're facing with retirement. People are going to be entering retirement without enough money to last them, and it's a real problem. And we talked about the death of the pension. You mentioned that in our first segment. And now uh, you you mentioned the government to the rescue, uh, that mindset. Um, which I alluded to, saying, hey, the corporations uh, are being greedy. They're not going to cover it. So we have to rely on the government. I mean, look at Social Security. What do you think about that?
1: Well, it's a good point. Social Security is there, and it is the biggest retirement asset for most Americans. So clearly it's doing its job in that regard. It's not enough, but that is um, 7.5% roughly of people's salary, and look what you get for it. It's not enough. So people need to save more. So the government has come up with some solutions to this, and I want to explore them uh, in detail. Now, it's re- retirement reminds me, do you remember in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the scene? You you've, you've must have seen this movie, right? To the listeners out there just that a, haven't seen just it. Just a few hundred times. <laughs> the listeners that haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. It's pretty funny. But there's a scene where there's um, Sir Galahad, I think it is, is attacking the castle, and he's running toward the castle, and the and the castle guards are just standing there looking in the distance, and they see a guy running, and the music, <laughs> you know, is constantly there, and and the, and he's just not getting closer, but you see him sprinting, and then just and then all of a sudden, in an instant, it's like boom, he's right there, and he stabs him both, right. <laughs> that's retirement you know you don't see it it's in the distance always in the distance always in the distance and then all of a sudden out of nowhere boom here it is it's like oh oh wait (laughs) that's a
0: great analogy for retirement (laughs) and it it kills you right (laughs) literally it's like (laughs) oh that's way off in the distance and then you wake up one morning it's here
1: right right and 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 then all that time that you should have had saving and preparing it's too late it's yeah you know so anyway... Um,
0: but you said the, the government d- is, has come up with a solution for this problem, that Social Security isn't enough, or has or tried. What, what are you talking about? I'm not right. aware of any government solution for this issue.
1: And that's the main reason why it failed, by the way, because not you, Tony, but people just were not aware. I mean, you talked to... Um, have you ever heard of MyRA? My yep. RA. Myra, Remember, My-RA. MyRA.
0: The that, MyRA, that failed. They, they canceled it. It doesn't exist anymore, right?
1: Exactly. That was implemented uh, by Obama. I don't remember when it was implemented. I think 2010 maybe. I I don't remember exactly. But um, it was a government program. It It was the government's retirement savings program. And it was designed for low or middle income people. And basically what it was, it was government run by the U.S. Treasury Department. And it was designed to allow people who do not have a company plan, whether it's you know, 401k, pension, whatever. And there was no fees, no minimum balances. And basically, you can put as much or as little as you wanted. Well, there's limits on, the, on as much. But you could put money in into a Roth IRA. So you'd pay taxes on it, and then you would put money in. But then any gains in the future would be tax-free. Wow. So, and I think... Um, I think it was fifty five hundred a year, so similar to the to the um, IRAs that contributions that anyone can do. Right. By the way, anyone could do this now. Anyway, this was just a government run, and the idea was it went into a super safe interest account. I think the rate was like two percent, say, and it was backed by the U.S. Treasury. Treasury. So you could oh and then there was a fifteen thousand dollar max amount you could put in it. So it wasn't designed for. I mean, if you think about it, fifteen thousand is not going to go very far. No. But it was designed to get people started, to get them thinking. Okay, I can, I could start contributing to it, and, and the idea being it goes into someplace safe, and it's not going to go up and down with the market, and it's going to be there for people when they need it, and it just failed. It just didn't work. And there's a there's a couple of reasons why it didn't work. First of all. You don't even know, and you talk to uh, financial people more than most people in the, that in the country, because you talk to people like me and my colleagues, and you're constantly talking. You you have you have a good connection with financial um, professionals like myself, right. my colleagues. Yep. I talk to them. We all know about this, but we weren't really sharing it with people because it, most of our clients that are in retirement are looking. They don't. They have more than you know, five thousand dollars to save. They. they If you don't, they know they're in trouble. So it was designed for the younger people who were still working to contribute. But there was just no advertising for it. No one knows about
0: this. Yeah, I never heard it brought up by uh, a financial professional. In any radio show I've listened to or any that I talked to all over the country, nobody ever said the words My IRA or MyRA. uh, You didn't see
1: any ads anywhere? You know, the government did ads for Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. They had ads all the time. It was open enrollment, you know, get on. They know that you have to educate people on what's available or else they're not going to take advantage of it, you know? So why, that was the big problem. No one knew about it. It was also, it it was not bipartisan. It was just passed by Obama. You know, there was no, the Republicans weren't on board. So it just kind of went through and that never helps. You know, whenever you get like a, a new program and, you know, Trump, same thing. If anything he passes that doesn't get any Democratic support it's not going to have as much support for it. If you right. recall, I, I don't, I don't remember. I was, I was too young when the, um, the IRAs came out and became an option for people. There was a lot of education for it. You know, there was a lot of people saying, Hey, this is a new programs an IRA individual retirement account. This is what you could do. So, and that was in the early eighties. So, um, that was when original IRAs came out early eighties. So there was education for that, but the other issue with this, it was not automatic enrollment. So you had to opt into it. And a lot, for a lot of people, unless you've automatically opt in, you know, unless it's automatic, they don't do it. That's the same with 401k contributions. The The studies show that if it's automatic, if it's just like, hey, Tony, welcome to uh, pizzabuffet.com. We <laughs> we welcome you as a newest employee. By the way, we have health insurance, you know, this much. And we, this is our uh uh, for savings program. This is the 401k and we're going to match 3% um, and it's automatic so all you have to do is um, just sign on for us and we're going to automatically take 3% and you'll probably just at least do the 3% but if it was like alright Tony welcome to pizzabuffet.com we give free pizza on on Fridays um, but there's also a 401k plan you can opt into. Uh, you, if you want more info let us know. Um, you can contribute as much as you like but um, it's completely up to you. There's a difference there. You're not more more likely not going to contribute unless you're actively involved in it. But the delayed gratification and you're going to say, "Well, I can have that money to buy if they only give me pizza free on Friday, who's going to pay for it Monday through Thursday? I might as well keep that money and not auto contribute." So I think because it wasn't automatic, it kind of failed in that regard.
0: Yeah, that's 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 right, and that's my point. Um, I know that there are a lot of people out there that don't want anything forced by the government, like you said, and I know you're uh, pretty much against that, but uh, my argument would be, or to play devil's advocate, I would say, um, what if there was some type of 401k program that wasn't run by the government? It's like an independent 401k uh, that businesses could help, uh, that people could sign up for Uh, but uh, not sign up for, but if they work a certain percentage based on their income automatically gets put into that as well as social security. So it's basically a forced 401k retirement savings program. It
1: exists, Tony. It does. It's called Oregon saves. The state of Oregon does this. They have an automatic enrollment. It's 5% of your paycheck and it goes into a Roth account. And now, it's not for everybody. It's for people. It's for companies that don't have a 401k plan. Sure. But once you're in it, it's automatic. <clears throat> and um, I don't know if I have the stats. I was reading about it. Um,
0: Has it worked? I mean, well, I suppose it hasn't been going long enough. that people haven't retired yet. But uh, does it, I imagine it would help at least, right? Or no?
1: It does. I mean, it, if you think about when people, I guess what we'll call it in the olden days <laughs> wow, when Dan. people had um, pensions. Yeah. It wasn't a discussion point, right? It wasn't Tony. Do you want the pension? It was Tony. Welcome to the company. You're getting a pension and here's your gold watch. When you retire, yep. you didn't have the option to say, you know what? I'm going to opt out of it. And so people just accepted it. And then they were kind of like, well, if I work another 10 years, I'll get that pension. I have friends uh, who are cops, um, who say, hey, you know, I not, I got another 15 years and then I get my pension. I got another five years before I get my pension. And when I do, I'll have my 20 years in, my 30 years in. Uh, then I'll move to a different job, but I'll have my pension. And so people are aware of it, but they didn't say, you know what, I'm going to opt out of it. I'm going to opt out of it. I was looking at, here, here, I just found the stats on it that Oregon saves. Um, they have 36,000 employees in it, 436 companies registered of the thirty-six thousand eligible employees, only twenty-one percent, or seventy-five hundred, chose not to participate. So eighty percent wow. have have done it, and they, and they don't have much in it yet because it is new. But Connecticut, Illinois, California—they're in—they're in all in stages of doing something similar. And the reason why I I found out about this is because when I was in New York, I saw that New York State has just the, um, the the 2019 budget has included the creation of what they call the New York Secure Choice Savings Program, completely voluntary for businesses and workers, but basically it's state-run, voluntary, it's for people without employer programs, so if you have an employer program already, they expect you to go that route, but if you don't, or your company doesn't offer a 401k, you're in, and you can voluntarily go in, and It's got a Roth IRA contribution, so but the question becomes, Tony. Are these going to work? Because a lot of people that don't have the company 401k just don't save, and and is it because there's nothing available, or is it because they're lacking the discipline? And I would argue it's because they're lacking the discipline. I can contribute to a 401k, an uh, an IRA a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA if I want. So can you, because you work. Now, your employer may not offer it. Big deal. That doesn't stop you from you know adding to an IRA. My wife, who's not working right now, um, fully employed by a company, she works on the side, but she's raising the kids. When she quit Pepsi, that didn't mean she had to stop saving for retirement. She was able to add to her own retirement, even though she didn't have earned income because I was I was earning so the spouse can so it's up to people to do it themselves right now you can add five thousand dollars to your Roth IRA this year if you wanted why does it have to why does the New York State or Florida or whatever whatever state you live in why do they have to create a program for you to do it when it already exists it's just I think it's kind of gimmicky I think it's they're trying to make it like Oregon Right. They right. they have this automatic enrollment, five percent of your paycheck. It's like you can opt out of it or you're automatically in it. I think that's really the key there is you're automatically right. in it, And if, if it becomes this, well, that's just what you do. You know, that's just what you do. Then it becomes like Social Security. There's no one saying I want to opt out of Social Security. Right. Now, nope. I can opt out of Social Security if I want. Uh, if I pass through income a different way than W-2 wages. So I have that flexibility, but I'm a rare breed in terms of self-employment. Most people in this country work for a company who just says, you're going into Social Security. There's nothing you can do about it. And if the company also said, oh, we also have this gap program called Oregon Saves, that 5% of your paychecks automatically going over here in this other program and so forth, I think that's what they're trying to do is force this upon people I'm against forced savings from the government. Um, I don't like the way Social Security has been run. So I don't have a lot of faith in the government to run. the. I would rather run it myself. But that's just, that's just me. I'm also not a big fan of paying taxes. Um, but I pay what I have to pay. But I don't prepay. When I get the tax bill in April, it's I didn't put anything in. I pay the full amount. A lot of people have certain things withheld because they like to have that Savings. They like to have that. They don't like a big surprise. But I'd rather have the money myself to do with anything for a year. It's just a philosophical difference. But this is where I, I struggle, Tony, because you're making a lot of sense in that, hey, you know, Social Security's there. Imagine we didn't have it. Imagine we didn't have Social Security where we'd be. So I see the value of a government program. I just don't like being forced into it. But I also see that people almost have to be forced into it because they don't have the discipline uh, and the, and they don't have the delayed gratification philosophy that they should so i don't know where to go with this tony i'm i'm at a uh, I, which is why i i say the government's going to do what it's going to do i i say learn it and work with it but you got to take care of yourself on your own privately you can't rely on the government to solve this problem
0: yeah you got to use discipline i mean if people use discipline and initiative uh, you wouldn't need programs that automatically opt you in so you don't think about it but we've been so trained to ignore issues that are down the road that the only way I think most people are going to be able to save is like social security or like the Oregon program but you have to it has to be uh, optional to uh, opt out but you're automatically in like you said I that's the only way that thing's gonna work so
1: and I it comes down to, also getting in early i'd like to see you know we've seen a lot in the political spectrum of these children i call them children you know high school kids still kids marching and and you have counter marches and they're they're getting in the national spotlight and i hear a lot of criticism of them that what do they know they're young you know these are the same kids putting uh condoms in their nose and and, you know pulling it out of their mouth that's the new craze Tony eating Tide Pods whatever so the criticism is is, well if they're doing that why would I listen to them about something as big as the second amendment or whatever and so I I kind of agree that when you're that age you don't know everything right and um, obviously if right, you're putting, and so it, if you're it, doing
0: it, one of those things, but but again, in in their defense, not all kids do those things.
1: Of course Thank not. God. Right, there are some some people that are in their 20s that are better savers than I am. Oh, you sure. Know, it, it just it's it's how you grow up. It's the philosophy you have. But I don't see a problem with a with a auto enrollment opt out option for an additional program like Social Security for retirement savings, like a 401k. You know, you're automatically in. And, and I think you don't miss it. And, and then you'll appreciate it 20 years down the road. Whereas at the time, if if you're not really forced into it, you're just going to go down the path of, "Well, give me my money. And so I kind of like it. It's it's against my overall philosophical beliefs uh, uh, in, in forcing people to do things. But I, I get it. You know, <clears throat> there's a big, we've talked about this in the past, there's a big discussion about life insurance. Do you buy term or you buy whole life? Right. You know, and I know this sounds like it's off topic, but it's, it's along the same lines because I say buy term because it's cheap and then the money you save, you do other things with. Whereas those that sell whole life and say, it's great. It's, I call it a forced savings account. You're basically buying life insurance with additional money going into a savings account held by the life insurance company and a really low risk option. And, when you look at it that way, you say, well, maybe whole life might be have some value there. I have a whole life policy. My grandmother bought me when I was little. I still have it. I pay like fifty bucks a year for it. You know, it's it's a drop in a bucket, but back then it was big to her. And it basically had life insurance, which, you know, you're not gonna want to use as a kid. You don't think about it, but it was really more so as a savings vehicle. Instead of a treasury bond, she would put some money in this life insurance policy, and it forced me to save. So I have cash in there, and I don't even think about it, but I have cash in there that has built up over the years as extra money going, it's the life insurance covered, but the extra money goes into a savings account. So I called it a forced savings account. So I call whole life a forced savings account. And it's good for some people, because some people lack discipline. Whereas others who have discipline, I say, buy term. It's so much cheaper. The money you save, then you could pay off debt. You could save for retirement. You could do so many other things. And so I, I see both sides of this coin, and I'm hoping it doesn't become a political conversation or a political battle. Oh, uh, you know, less government's better. Yeah, I agree with that. But sometimes government does have some value in it. Now the question becomes, who's going to run the actual investments? And that's, that's the big issue. So if you have this government run uh forced 401k for lack of a better word savings program for people that don't have it through work, who's managing the money, who's picking the investment choices and so forth. That my IRA thing, you were forced into a 2% or something like that interest rate. It, it wasn't invested for long term. Really, Tony, 2%s not going to cut it. If I'm 20 years old and I have given the option to put $10,000 in my IRA or program or in my own personal IRA that I can invest in anything I want in, I would advise people to invest it on their own because a 2% return is not going to do much for you. Uh, it really isn't. And I, and so there's got to be some sort of balance there. You got to have some growth opportunity in it or else it's just not, doesn't make sense. You know, you might as well put it under the pillow. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that it can get complicated, but If you have a plan and a financial planner, uh, a lot of these things you don't have to worry about once you have a plan in place, right? I mean, that's that's where you come in. But now we have to take a quick break. Is there anything you want to add before this break?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I I mean, we're looking at forced savings accounts or government-sponsored retirement plans to augment or fill in the gap that Social Security leaves. It's an interesting topic. And when we get back from the break, I'm going to talk about how you could do it on your own and how you just don't need the government to step in there for you. Maybe as a whole, the country needs that option, but you as a listener, you could do this. You can replicate this on your own and you can make it work. You don't want to be part of the retirement crisis. Everyone's in it. Everyone's a part. But you don't want to be one of the people that are really struggling. You want to be the people that are prepared and doing things on your own and be really proactive about it. So if you want to talk more about this, listen up. We'll be back on the after the break. But if you want to call, set up a time to talk one-on-one with me, the number to call is 888-508-5935 or go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com.
0: All right. And we're going to be right back with more of Dan Wendell here on Dolphin Financial Radio. Hi, this is Peter. And you are listening to my dad talk about financial stuff. Radio is cool, but if you're like me, you would rather watch videos. Did you know my dad has a YouTube channel? Go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or search for Dolphin Financial Group on YouTube to watch some cool videos. This is Peter signing out
1: with a dolphin noise. And now back to Financially Tuned with Dan Wendell.
0: And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell of Dolphin Financial Group, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Now, Dan, we've been talking a lot about the crisis, uh, the retirement crisis. Uh, how can we do it on our own without the government's help? You know, if we, if we say the government shouldn't get involved, then how do we fix it?
1: Okay, well, it's going to take some discipline, but there are tools out there already designed for this very purpose. It's not as though there isn't an answer. You just got to use what you have. Now, a lot of people have 401k match or 403b if you're a teacher or something like that. So you have a program. You're don't have. you not limited. You, I mean, there are limits, but you don't have to just do what's match. If the company matches 5% and you're putting in 5%, congratulations, you're doing the smartest thing you can do. But that doesn't mean you can't put in 15% or 10%. You can add more. So don't feel like you're limited To just adding the match you can add more and you should add more especially if you can afford to do it when you're younger because you won't miss it now let's say you don't work for a company that has a 401k or not you know so you can open up your own now if you're self-employed and you own a company you can open up a solo 401k we did a show on that there are options for business people that can that can be created for small companies and or sole proprietorships so you can make that happen then there's a lot of tools there and you could contribute a whole lot to it now let's say you don't have a, a 401k and your company doesn't offer anything and you're not the owner you're just an employee you can contribute to your own ira you could be open up a roth ira or a traditional ira you can do that and contribute every year you can contribute every paycheck and you can automate it i do this for people i use tools that automatically sweep money from their checking account of obviously it's voluntary they could shut it off at any time but it's easy once you set it up it's like paying a cable bill online you set it up and every month on the dot money goes into your savings account which is then invested for the future and i oversee those investments for people and i ought to help them automate the 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 deposit process it's amazing what automation can do for you tony And it doesn't have to be the government running it. You could set it up yourself. You just got to sit down with someone that will help you. Or you can do it yourself. You open up a brokerage account, set up automatic draft deposits from your checking. It's not hard to do. The harder part is picking what to invest in. And a lot of people just don't know how to do that. And that's where I come in. But I also help people set it up and make it automated because I think that alone, that first step is perhaps the hardest. Once you get over past that, you're gonna do well. You're gonna do well in life if you give it time.
0: Wow. Well, and I think that's that's what's important. It, giving it time, and I think the biggest key though is working with somebody like yourself who's aware of what's going on, how these different strategies work, accounts work, uh, what the interest rate is doing, what the investments need to look like, uh, how to make the money last as long as you do. These are the key questions that people have to figure out and I think it's pretty complicated for people to try to do on their own.
1: And a lot of times when you hear people on the radio or other advisors out there say, well, you need a minimum of 500,000 or 250,000 to come sit with me. I don't have a minimum. You might say, "Hey, I just started a new job. I need guidance. Can you help me?" I'll help you. I will. And and we'll come up with a way to make it work. And who knows? helping you 10 years down the road, you might then be in a position where you have 500,000 that you want me to help with. So I don't mind helping people that are just starting out or that are new to the process because it just makes sense for me to help as many people as I can while I have the time to do so. And it may not be much help at all. It may just be a simple phone conversation that says, hey, this is what you need to do. Go do it. It's amazing what a little bit of advice can can go a long way to people. And a lot of people are scared. They don't know what to do, and so they just forget about it. I'm urging people, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I kind of would like to have an automatic retirement savings plan outside of my company or my company doesn't offer it. I don't have anything. I'm kind of nervous about it. What do I do? Give me a call. I'll walk you through the process. It won't take long. I won't charge for this conversation. And you might be in a much better position than you ever would have been if you just didn't pick up the phone and give me a call. Then let me, let me give you that number again. Um, we are local in Clearwater. Um, I work all over Pinellas County, Hillsborough County. I got a lot of clients up in the villages in Hernando County. So I go a lot of different places. So if you're listening and you just want to have a chat uh, face-to-face, I'm will, you can come to my office off of US 19. The number to call, I'll give you the local number and the, the toll-free number. I always give the toll-free number, Tony, because it's just easy to remember. It's 888-5088. 5935. But if you're local, you want to give a local number here It's 727-223-8454. Those are the numbers. That's 727-223-8454.
0: All right. Pick up the phone. Give Dan a call. That does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wynn. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Daniel Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit their website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com.